You are listening to Freedom Wrangler's main focus. We are going to talk about something amazing in the Word of God today. We can't wait to share our hearts with you. So why don't you sit back, saddle up, and help us wrangle in the freedom of knowing Jesus. Uh, Lordy, Lordy, it is freedom time. How you doing, Yes. I tell you what, I'm doing good. I'm glad we got our what's happening out of the way. I had, I'm glad I got that off my chest, how I felt. So I'm glad we're able to get into this portion. Amen. Yeah. Our main focus and, you know, the what's happening uh, was a tough topic, but I think it needed to be approached. I'm glad we were able to do it, you know, um, and, and right now, obviously I am I'm preparing to get out of town. School is yeah. finished for your kiddo. So there's just so much that has taken place, but we wanted to make sure that we got a really good, um, you know, main focus. And this is not in continuation with our series. We're gonna bring that back around in June, uh, but with me being out of town and just some summertime beginnings we figured we would just pause for a moment because we want to give you guys quality and not quantity um and uh focusing on the mind portion is going to be something that we really want to dig into because the mind is a very peculiar sensitive intricate part of who we are and who Mm -hmm. we are in christ so Um, But today, Jamie and I are going to talk about two areas of our life, and we're going to look at the parable of the 10 virgins in uh, Matthew 25, and we're also going to look at a little bit of Ezra, getting back into the Old Testament some, and, but really, I think the, the number one question I have to start this off with, Jamie, is, hey, you got oil in your lamp? Do you have the oil in your lamp? Mm -hmm. So would you like to read that, Jamie? Chapter 25, 1 through 13. If you have, if you don't, I know you were you were flipping there for something else. I don't want to take you away. No, it's fine. Uh, Matthew. Well, she gets all right, Matthew Matthew 25, right? Yes, 25, 1 through 13. 25, 1 through 13. I got this big old honking honking <laughs> Bible here. <laughs> okay, y'all ever heard that phrase? The honking Bible. The honking Bible. It's the holy honking Bible. <laughs> it's the holy Bible. Hold on, just one moment. No, you're good. She's good. So you know, we are going to talk about the parable of the ten virgins and about their lamps and what it means to have oil in your lamp. But also we're going to tap into a few other aspects that are in Ezra 3, verse 2. And I will read that in a little bit, but we're going to get into this just now. So I'm going to go ahead and let Jamie read this. I had to turn my light on y'all because my it's storming outside and the clouds got dark and the room got, I was like, I can't read anything because it's so dark. I was like, I can't see. I've gone blind. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Help me. I had to, dirt. Put it light. on her eyes. <laughs> the light, the light. <laughs> the he tells us to be the light of the world. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll get into it. The parable of the 10 virgins, the kingdom of heaven will be like the 10 virgins 
who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there would since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy your, for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also the other virgins came, also saying, "Lord, Lord, open to us." But he answered. Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Mm. So I think, <clears throat> I know every Christian has heard this verse. Mm -hmm. Is this these verses, this portion, you know, the parable of the 10 virgins. And, um, but I think that it, behooves us to take a look at it because there's filling your lamp with oil. And for me, I recognize the oil as the Holy spirit, because mm -hmm. when you go back through the Bible, the anointing of oil represents the Holy spirit, the anointing of the Holy spirit in the old Testament and other portions of the Bible. And so you see that and you say, okay, that's, that's really what this represents. So it's the infilling of the Holy spirit and how do you, how do you remain full of the Holy spirit? I think is something that we have to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a few things that you can do uh, for me. One of them is to stay in the word keeps yes. me in tune with the Lord. It keeps me full. Yeah. Another way is prayer. Those two areas for me, prayer and the word will keep me full and keep me in tune with the Holy Spirit. And you were talking about distractions earlier, Jamie. And I think that that is really relevant to the day and time that we live in. Oh, yeah. There's so many distractions. I mean, you know, we're, we sit here and we think about uh, gas, right? We're thinking about how expensive gas is right now. You know, we got to you know, we go fill up our gas tanks, right? And we're paying so much money out more so than what we had. So we got distractions on that one hand with inflation. Then we got distractions with, um, we have distractions with disease. We have distractions with gun violence and just violence in general. And, um, you know, and even just you know, things that we can get distracted on with YouTube or TikTok or Facebook. I mean, just so many different things that are coming at us and, you know, that could cause us to feel, um, empty. Yeah. 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 Extremely empty. I think sometimes if we're constantly, and this, this can tie into whether it be the world or it can be in the church, if we're constantly giving out and we're not refilling, then you're going to dry up. And something I learned about oil lamps is that the oil has to be refreshed. If you have old oil in your lamp, 
it won't light. The wick won't light. And I think that that's super interesting because if you don't trim your wick, you're going to have a bunch of smoke. If you don't put fresh oil in, then it's not going to light and it won't burn. You might've trimmed the wick, but nothing's going to come. And so, and there's so many different types of lamps when you look at oil lamps and I grew up in a house that my parents I don't know why but they had oil lamps it was just like a thing they had decorative oil lamps and they're beautiful but there's so many different shapes sizes colors that you can get and I think at the end of the day is we can't judge the vessel by the outside Mm -hmm. We don't know how much oil is inside that. And we don't know how fresh it is. And so it comes back to not just being full with oil, but being refreshed with the oil of the Holy Spirit, with that refreshing that he brings to our lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with somebody not long ago about the lamps and about how the lamp could look amazing on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Seems to have all of the things that it should the wick looks good it looks full of oil but then you go to light it and there's not enough oil inside you go to light it and the oil is bad and that is what it's like with some christians i'm not talking about the world right now we're talking about the church we're talking about christians right what's your oil like is it fresh and how do you get refreshed So I, you know, um, for you, Jamie, how do you find refreshing with the Holy spirit? What, what would be something that you do? You know, having that quietness with the Lord, just having a time where I could get away from distractions, um, where I could just, where, you know, I have my phone where, you know, it's silent where I don't hear it buzzing or anything and, um, just praying and reading the word and, and just having that quietness and the more I'm distracted, the less I feel filled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the more I'm in quiet with the Lord and spend that time with him, that that's deserving, uh, to him, to worship him, um, in the quietness. I mean, Hey, Jesus even went away, away from the crowds, you know, he had to get away from them, the noise and all the fame he had it the fame was all over about him how he was healing people he got away and went to the mountains yes and got away from it and refreshed himself even our lord jesus who walked this earth needed that time so that that would be my um way of being refreshed is limit distractions yeah absolutely and that's so good and i i look at it too and for me one way is um worship I'll just sometimes turn on worship music and just soak in it. I won't even sing and I'm, I'm involved in worship. Sometimes there's something about just being quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soaking in the atmosphere, soaking in the worship, allowing it to wash over you. And uh, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the work that we forget what should come first. And that's how we fill our lamps is by the worship it's by the word it's by the rest that's how we become refilled and i find it interesting too that you know the ones that didn't fill their lamp and didn't have extra oil are coming to the others like oh give us some of yours yeah 
but God fills you a little bit differently than he would fill me. Mm-hmm. So the oil that he gives me is still the same God. It's still the same Holy spirit, but it's unique to Chanda and mm-hmm. it might not work in your lamp. So mm-hmm. I can't fill mm-hmm. your lamp for you. God has to do that. That's it's right. Us to take care of filling our own lamp. That's right. And I think yep. one of the biggest mistakes that people in the church make is they say, well, I'm just not getting fed at that church. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I would challenge anybody that says that and say, okay, well, let me use this analogy. If you had a baby, would you feed that baby once a week for 30 minutes hmm. and expect it to live and grow and be healthy? No, you wouldn't. So why do you expect 30 minutes or 40 minutes, however long your preacher preaches, 50 minutes, whatever the case may be, or the Sunday school teacher for an hour once a week, why do you think that that is going to be enough to feed you and keep you growing if you're not feeding yourself daily? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so true because you're not, you're not supposed to be going to church to uh, think that this man or a woman or whoever's teaching you is the one that's going to fill you up because it's, it clearly states in Psalm 16, five, that the Lord is my chosen portion in my cup and -hmm. you make my lot secure. So it's in him that provides that filling, not a, a situation uh, you're sitting in at a church place or, and if it is, you need to reevaluate your life with God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've got to grow and feed yourself. That's why quiet time, rest time, devotion time, worship time individually is so important. Mm-hmm. It really is. We, our salvation is not based on somebody else. So my salvation is not based upon my parents, Stan and Tracy Gorman. There you go. Mm-hmm. My salvation is my salvation. And it's up to me to feed myself. It, can you imagine this, Jamie? I'm 45. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. If, <laughs> we're both 45. Can you imagine me pulling up to my mom and dad's and putting on a bib and saying, goo goo gaga, feed me three times a day. Letting my mommy and daddy still feed me, spoon feed me. Mm-mm. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it would be the most stupid looking thing. So yeah. as a Christian, as we grow, as we mature in Christ, we're supposed to begin feeding ourselves. Because just we've had children and just as our children learn to go from a bottle to a spoon, solids, solids, all these things, they grow and they change and you don't feed your boys anymore, do you? You know, I mean, one's grown and married. Could you imagine going and feeding him? No, no. Even though he'd like me to. (laughs) (laughs) Our babies, they just love their mamas. (laughs) I know. I'll get the phone call. Mama, you can make me something, mama. You're going to cook me. You're going to come clean my house, mama. (laughs) (laughs) That cooking for them and cleaning is one thing, but feeding them would be crazy, you know? And so I think that that I really, that's the only analogy I can use for Christians to say, you got to start to grow up at some point. If you're a baby Christian, then you need to be in a discipleship program. You need to draw close to somebody who is a mature Christian and allow them to guide you and get into a great devotion or Bible study class, Sunday school class, 
that's going to help you grow, you know, a new beginners kind of thing. But if you've known the Lord for a hot minute and you are blaming the pastor on a Sunday and saying they ain't feeding you or your Sunday school teacher, then Mm -hmm. there's a problem. You're not going to get filled that way. And, And I really think that that's part of what this is, you know, but it also ties into shining a bright light we have to shine a light for the Lord, mm-hmm. but he's looking, he's looking for those that are ready. He's looking for those that have their lamps full. And, um, you know, I'm preparing to get out of town and, um, to go on vacation and Lord, there is so much to do. And there's like no time at all. And we get so busy in life sometimes that we forget that there are things that must take a priority in our lives. And this is what takes me over to Ezra three. And uh, I'm going to read verse two of Ezra here. And it says, this is the, um, I think it's the English, yeah, English standard version. It says, then arose Joshua, the son of Josadic with his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel and his kinsmen. And they built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Now, I know that sounds completely random, but trust me, it's not. And here's why I say it's not, because they had just returned to their homeland after being in exile. And they get back And everything was in a mess. It was in disarray. They had left in the middle of a raid and they had been held captive. But now they've been given this opportunity to go back and rebuild the temple. So there's this excitement. But before the children of Israel did anything else, they built the altar. There was a lot of work to be done, a lot of cleanup. But they made it a point to build the altar first. Just like me, I got a lot going on getting ready to get out of town. You've had a lot going on the past couple of weeks. You've been busy running, you know, to, to take care of sick kids and to get your son in his final days of school, you know, moving on to the eighth grade. You've got all these things and running a household. And yet it's like, well, wait a second, where's my altar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did those things, does the work come first or does the worship come first? And we can learn so much from Ezra because they said, wait a second, we're going to build the altar first. It's the very first thing that they did when they got back. And building the altar is a signal for them that they've returned home, but also they've returned to their God. And they're giving him his place because it represents commitment to God and his word, what God told them to do. Through Moses, they said, we're coming back to this. We're coming back to the place of worship. So for me, only when the relationship is reestablished in that way, that's what they were doing. They were reestablishing their relationship with worship. Then the work could begin. Then they were free to do the work. And that's how we have to be. And that ties into filling our lamps because we must worship him before we get into all the work yes that's how it's always should be and then a lot of times we we step out of bounds and then we're like all right uh we just want to reap the benefit of the work yes but we it's never anointed no it's not and 
everybody has a different way, you know, of worshiping and worship Mm -hmm. isn't just music. It's spending time with him in his presence. And everybody's got a different way that they do it. For me, I like to do it in the morning, but I have to be honest, I go and get my coffee first, kind of stumble through, get my coffee because I'm not so good without a little cup of joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't get dressed. I stay in my jammies until I have read my devotion and spent time in prayer. And the reason that I do that is because for me, once I've had my shower and I'm dressed, I'm about my day. And I have had times where I've done that and I have gotten busy doing the work and I forgot to take my time in the worship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your pattern for, for like worship and your devotion? You know, it's so interesting that you said that because mine's very similar to yours. It's like, I get up my, what my schedule has been Uh is I get up, uh, I have a cup of coffee. I get my husband going and make sure he gets his lunch. And so it's about six 30, you know, in the morning. And so, um, and then I get my chickens in order, you know, cause you can hear the rooster crowing Yeah. and I'm still in my PJs and I'm out with my boots, making sure they're, they're situated. And then I come back inside, take Uriah, make sure he has his cereal and then take him to school, come back home. And that's when I eight o'clock, that's yeah. eight o'clock. I'm in that chair in my, you know, PJs kind of like my, you know, relaxing yeah. clothes and I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm reading, meditating on the word mm. and then I'm praying and then I'll feel something moving me. Most of the time it's just, you know, this moving of the spirit when I read and then I'll go to my room and get on my knees and pray. And I put a covering over my head when I pray and I just, I'm just praying because I want it to be a holy time, uh-huh. you know, cause God is holy yeah. and I want to make it, um, reverent for him, mm-hmm. you know, and that he knows that, you know, he's a priority to yeah. me. And sometimes I'm sitting there and all the time when I do that, when I'm in my room and I have the covers over my head, just praying, I always end up crying and it's just being moved by, by the Lord because he, he it's waiting on him. Yeah, really. And when you wait on him, instead of going to him with all your petitions, but waiting on him, that's when you feel him. Yes. That's when you know that he loves you. And and it's kind of like Exodus 34, six, it says the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with un failing love and faithfulness. Mm. So he is filled with unfailing love for us. And we just need to wait on him. Yes. And when we make a place holy, where it's separate and quiet, that's where I feel the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I think it's I interesting you say that you do cover your head because I do the same thing. Um, and it is, it is a very intimate time for me with the Lord. And I think it's very interesting that you went back to Exodus because um, something that I wanted to look at was in Deuteronomy 5.1. And it talks about yet the priority they placed on building the altar first proved their commitment to pay careful attention to God's word and to live set apart as holy to him. That's right. That's right. Setting ourselves holy. And then what it does is when you take your time for the Lord. It says, wait a second. 
I'm setting my life aside to be holy as you are holy. Cause that's what the word says. Yeah. But the other thing is it's a demonstration of our dependence on God mm-hmm. as our provider and our protector. Yeah. So like you said, we don't need to go to him with all of our petitions. Yes. It is important to be able to lay those things at his feet, those challenges, our needs, um, and, pr- and pray for others. But it's also about that time where you just shut your mouth. Yes. And you open your ears and you allow him to speak to you in that still, small, gentle way that he does. Mm -hmm. And it's only when you're quiet that he can speak to you. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what all these noises and distractions. And I, I. You know, I've always been told all my life that I had ADHD. Okay. So I have a hard time really, I have to work harder than anybody else to focus. Like I could focus, but I have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Got to really work at it and I can do it, yeah. but it just takes me an extra, you know, it takes me extra to do uh-huh. it. So when I make a, when I make a B on a grade, it's actually an A plus plus because yeah. I tried so hard to focus for that. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So, but the Lord knows my frame. Mm-hmm. And he knows um, that the quietness mm-hmm. is exactly where I need to be. And that's why I do, I cover my head and, you know, I think about like, you know, take it, you know, my shoes are off, you oh, know, yeah. and I, th- and I think about holy ground, you know, because every place we walk is holy because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Uh-huh. So that's I do so think good. about that. I love it. And it's, you know, these are simple things that will keep us filled with his presence. They're not difficult. Mm -mm. And it's being alert and aware of where am I at with my relationship with the Lord? Am I putting work? And when I say the word work, I mean, it could be if you're a mother, it could be your children, it could be housework, it could be, you know, uh, taking care of your husband. Does that come before the Lord? Uh, if you work in an office, does that come in before the Lord? Are you spending mm-hmm. time with him? So mm-hmm. there's so many things in, in the church is the church work taken over. And so we can't, we have to allow everything to begin with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Jesus as that altar, he yeah. coming to him first and foremost. And, you know, if we are trying to that, that rebuilding that they wanted to do with the temple, it couldn't begin until they said, okay, wait a second. We're here for you. God first, Mm. we submit ourselves to you, to your will, to your way. We're going to worship you. We're going to do this right. And so I think so many times we've got to everything else in our lives will line up we just put him first. Yes, it really does. And, and that's how you build your faith. You know, that's how you build your faith, you know, is, um, an endurance is through him and to put your trust in him, you know, and it's like, you know, Jesus even said, remember, uh, they say doubting Thomas. Remember when he talked to Thomas and he was like, well, greater is he who has not seen. Yes. You know, then then when he showed him his palms and then he believed, Yeah. but greater, greater are we that have not seen that these physical things, but we still trust and know that he is God yes. and just spending that time with him 
find your sacred place, find your secret place. It doesn't have to be a closet. It could be anywhere. Oh, yeah. Just as long as it's quiet, you know, I mean, you don't have to get religious on it, you know, just, just find a quiet place where you're not going to, where you know, you're not going to get distracted. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Put your phone away and turn it off. Yeah. And you know, some people walk, some people have prayer walks and they'll yeah. go for a walk and do it. Some yeah. people, like you said, they get into an actual closet. I don't, necessarily think you need to do that because you could end up with some stinky shoes but that could be distracted <laughs> what is yeah. that smell but at the yeah. end of the Moth day balls. exactly <laughs> the real question is are you spending time with him are you allowing him to refill your lamp with oil and right. you know um not to be a doctor doomer and, and a crazy person. But, you know, if you go back to Matthew 24, verse 42, it says, therefore be on alert for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. No, we don't know when he's going to return. And so I believe we live in those end times. There's mm-hmm. too much. When you look, and you mentioned it earlier, monkeypox, you know, the meningitis, all these things, oh. all these, it's pestilence. Yes. Matthew talks about it, the mm-hmm. pestilence. But you go to Psalm 91, and I won't fear the pestilence. Right. By night, you know, right. these things. So I look at all of this, and I think that we can couple these two things together. You can take a page from Ezra and the people of God as they returned to Israel and they said, we got to build the altar and worship first. And then worship ties into refilling our lamps. Are you alert? Are you ready? You got to ask yourself these questions. Communion with the Lord will keep you alert and keep you ready. I don't want to be locked out. I'll tell you that. I don't want to be one of those people on the outside knocking. Let me in, let me in. Mm-mm. the answers yeah that's that's scary to think about that it really is and so my thoughts my final thoughts on this are be ready be ready for his coming fill mm-hmm. your lamp with oil what kind of lamp are you filling it with have you filled your lamp recently or are you mm-hmm. just going off of fumes mm-hmm. are you and you'll know and you'll know it too you'll know it because yes, you, you will, will. feel like you are raunchy, you will feel like you will feel like you know everybody's getting on your nerves. That joy will just be stifled, and and you, and that's when you know. Yes, I really need some alone time with the Lord. Uh huh. <laughs> I need it, <laughs> and I think you know, and I think you're probably like me uh, because we start our day that way. It sets the course for our day. It really and does. and nine times out of ten. I don't get in a funky mood. I really don't because he, he sets the mood and the atmosphere when I give him his place. Mm-hmm. And it's just spending time with the Lord is so sweet and precious to me. I don't know how anything else could take its place. And so I strive to not let anything else take its place. No matter how busy I am planning for a trip to Cancun, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, that's not precedence. God's precedence. Everything else yeah. will take place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look at all he's done for us. You know, oh, yes. I mean, I look at our lives. I mean, and I've seen it in your life and, and my, my life and how he's always 
been there and sustained us and he has provided i mean he's given us this opportunity to to bless others on this podcast yes. together you're my yeah. my high school friend right. from high school and i i've got to be reunited with you and have that sweet spirit of the lord to share yeah. with hopefully our gen x group i'm, I'm hoping that yes. we're reaching some of our fellow uh high school friends that we knew in school and they 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 know that there's a hope yeah. and that we haven't ch- that we still love the lord i mean what a testimony i love oh. the lord even in high school you did too yes. you loved jesus there i there wasn't a day i didn't talk about him even though i went through a little little spell but man i still love the lord yes. i never denied his existence ever yes never denied him and, and I think that that is something that, you know, if, if you're listening and you think, well, you don't know what I've done. I, you know, I didn't serve the Lord the best way that I could. I've done this, that, and the next thing. I kind of lived a crazy life. Did you deny him? Mm-hmm. No. If you still believe that he is God, if you still believe that Jesus is the son of God, mm-hmm. then just come back to him. That's all you got to do. There's, he's not shunned you or cut you off. There's always a way home. And, and like you, and and like yourself, I've had moments in my life, those dry spells where I just Mm kind of wandered off into the desert on my own and thought I knew what I was doing and then realized, Oh, I forgot my canteen. Now I'm Uh drier than a bone. (laughs) Why am I so sad? (laughs) Why am I so depressed? Oh, I know why. (laughs) And you know, some people reach for a pill, but I reach for God. That's, that's right. My, that's my own opinion there. That's me. No, I agree with you because I, and I'll, I will, uh, you know, let us wrap this up here, but I, I agree reaching for him first in every situation. And sometimes when we feel that we're quote unquote depressed, it's not necessarily depression, but it is the desert places but he's with you in the desert places as well. Yes, he is. He is. Just he like is. he's on the mountaintop. That's know? right. Yes. So we have yes. to remind ourselves of those things, but you know, um, we will have a very short podcast uh, for next week for you all. And it's just going to be a very brief devotion while I'm out of town and Jamie is taking a sweet beginning of summer break with her kiddo and just doing some fun stuff and um we yeah, he's talking be- about wanting to go to carowinds y'all so that's oh, like a king's Dom- it's like a king's dominion kind of gotcha. like a red disneyland type thing you know without making amusement out. park situation <laughs> yes, yes. i've heard of carowinds so yeah just as long as we get on the roller coaster and it doesn't stop in the middle of the tracks i'm, for- Ooh, I'm i'll be all right i'll be all right with that but <laughs> Oh my God. You know, I, I don't, I love roller coasters. I really loved them as a teenager, but yeah. something happened in my forties where I'm like, I don't know if I can handle this anymore because we got on one and it was at SeaWorld and it was a stingray and they have you laying on your belly. Well, girl, they brought us through to the <laughs> other track, which was the wrong side to get off on. Cause our son's in a wheelchair and they had to get us back on the other track. We had to ride that ride twice and they never put us up. So we were hanging like that. All the blood rushed to my head. That would have freaked me out being on a different path, like having Ooh. to be on a different path. That would, that would just be like, Oh, I don't know if I want, I should have did that. Right. <laughs> I don't right. Know. 
Well, I mean, like, so we're on the wrong path. All the blood's hit my head. I can't think straight. I'm like, yeah. is it like, I thought, I think I was having some kind of psychedelic moment. Like I'd eaten some yeah. kind of crazy mushroom, but I hadn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I, I, my husband, when we first got married, it's this very brief. Uh, I took him on a roller coaster and it was a Carowinds and it was a really big hill. And it was, it was like, he's never been on a roller coaster with me before. <laughs> I think it was like this third year we were married. So it, he uh, hadn't been on a roller coaster for a long time, like since he was in high school, you know? So here uh-huh. he is, he's in his thirties and he's riding a motor a motorcycle. He's riding a, a roller coaster with me. They're going up this hill and he had never been on one with me before. And of course, you know, I'm the extrovert. So I'm like real loud. And I'm like, oh, why are we doing this? I think we're going to die. <laughs> and he's like, and he just click, 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 click. And we get to the top of the hill and he's looking at me and he's, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at me. And he's like, and he's like, oh my gosh. I don't think I can handle this. And it was too late. We went down the hill and he was quiet. He didn't yell. Yeah. That was the worst thing he could ever do to himself to relieve stress. He held it in. And I'm like, "Ah!" I'm like screaming my guts out. We get off. He had to get some drama. Mean he was going to throw up. He was so sick. And he's like, I don't understand why you and Elijah are like, okay. Like you guys can just walk off this roller coaster. And I was like, yeah, because we screamed our guts out to alleviate the stress. Yes, you exactly. kept it in. You, you just harnessed all of the stuff inside. <laughs> oh, I, I was so hard for me not to laugh at him about that. But oh. I knew I was like, you shouldn't have did that. You, you so really hilarious. shouldn't have did that. Oh, my word. Um, yeah, I've, I mean... I love them, but I don't know if they love me anymore. That's the real question. As we get yeah. older, it changes just a little bit. But, um, you know, roller coasters, man, they're fun. <laughs> Why do we like to be scared like that? I don't know. It's, it's thrilling. It, yes. It, get that adrenaline rush. Yeah. And it's like, the, you know, you always, this is what our youth group would always do this. Do you know the Lord Jesus? Oh, like yes. Our, our people, our leaders are going to do, I want to make sure you know the Lord. Because you never know what's going to happen. That's right. On this roller coaster. So we want to make sure you're secure in the Lord. Was that at King's Dominion by any chance? Yeah, we would do the same thing. Y'all did the same thing? (laughs) Exact same thing. We go to a concert right after. You do that. I think I saw you at one. Yeah, I think so. We were wearing the t-shirts. I think I do remember that. Like you guys were at the same concert we were at in the back of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, those were fun summertime moments, you know, as a teenager and, um, it was the place to go. And I know it's changed a lot from what I understand from when we used to go, but they used to have that Wayne's world ride. Do you remember that one? Oh my gosh. In the backside with the like bungee cord and stuff back over there. Oh yeah. I, and that was my favorite. I love that. And then the, um, the grizzly. The grizzly? loved it we could just talk for days about all that stuff we could we could but you know i mean there's no high like the most high that's right and you know no thrill better than knowing jesus but right every now and again a roller coaster kind of you know woo! it'll it'll make you feel young that's for sure it will definitely make you feel like i'm so thankful kind of like when you get on an airplane it's kind of like when you feel the turbulence it's like lord Mm -hmm. I know you're real. I know everything's great. I know that you love me and I'm just putting my faith and trust in you that yes, we're going to, when we get off of this, we're going to be safe. 
Cause it'll be your will with no matter what it's your, in your will. Uh-huh. So you knew I was stupid enough to get on this roller coaster. <laughs> you know my frame. You know That's it. That's it. He, thank the Lord he knows us. And he sends extra angels there. I know he does beside us. But I'll tell you, the, the biggest thing I'm going to be doing is a lazy river while <laughs> I'm away. There ain't going to be no yeah. roller coasters. I'll be floating yeah. at lazy river. They, have, they probably don't have roller coasters in Mexico, do they? They probably, well, maybe they do. They probably have some kind of a theme park, but not where I'm going. We're going to be on the beach. And yeah, I'm just ready to uh, to have myself a, yeah, a little uh, cold Coke Zero and float on the lazy river. That's where I'm going to be reading a good book and just refreshing. So, you know, but anyways, well, enough of all of our craziness and going down memory lane. Yeah. It's too easy for us. Anyways, we love you guys. Be blessed and Freedom Wranglers will be back soon. That's right. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Freedom Wranglers. That music right there is Later Alligator by Shane Ivers. And you can find that at www.silvermansound.com. We also want to thank Goodman Ministries for all of their financial support for this podcast. Now, don't you forget to saddle up, sit back, and wrangle in freedom this week.